0: Okay, we need everybody to come in take a seat. Get ready. There's the second bell. You're supposed to be seated. (laughs) Our first year class does pretty good on this. They are just about all seated and ready by the second bell. Our second year students aren't quite as good. Oh, praise the Lord. So I'd like to welcome, we've had, uh, I think it was 322 people that were watching online during the last hour, and so welcome to all of you, and believe the Word of God is going to be planted in your heart, even over the internet. All right, next up we have Lawson and Barbara Perdue, and I tell you, they are just a blessing. He pastors Karis Christian Center, which is the church next door. They just finished this, I think it was last October, was the first service they had in there. And I've known Lawson, uh, when he was 14 years old, his mother bribed him to come to my Bible study in Lamar by promising that she'd buy him some fish bait if he would come. He was 14 years old, came, got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and a call to preach, and he's never quit. And he's a blessing. And he and Barbara pastored out in Eads, Colorado, uh, for what was it, 12? 13 years. 13 years. And uh, then they came here, and I think it's been what, nine years that you've been here? 10 years. 10 years. Ten going, years. going on ten years. 10 years. And anyway, they're a blessing. And uh, so, anyway, this is Lawson and Barbara Purdue. Let's welcome them as they come.
1: It's great to be here. And I just asked Barbara if she'll come up and share with you for just a couple minutes.
2: Well, hello. It's nice to see all of you. My husband said, could you just share an encouraging word? (laughs) And so that's what I am so glad and honored and blessed to do. But I'm going to be very brief because I know my husband has a lot to share with you. And I just want to just open this up and start in Psalm 1, um, chapter 1, verse 3. It says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Other translations, um, that word prosper can also say flourish. And if you look up the word flourish, it means vigorous state. You know, we're supposed to have vitality, you know, life giving, um, God's divine, life giving energy. Not to just mope around. This is an exciting life that we can live. And when you live 199% for the Lord, it is exciting. But again, the word flourish means vigorous state, thrive, influence to be successful, prosper, thrive in growth as a plant. We are to bear fruit. So much fruit that it has influence on those that we are around, that they see something different, and they're like, I want what you have. So I just want to encourage you, all of you today, um, whether you're full-time students or you do correspondence or if you see yourself in full-time ministry or not, it never hurts to study the Word. Amen? So welcome, good morning, and I hope we have a chance to meet a lot of you.
1: Praise the Lord! We're we're so blessed and honored to be here, and just uh, honored that I get to share today. I want you to open your Bible to Genesis chapter thirteen, and I'm going to be sharing on today on vision, key to your future. And in Genesis thirteen verse fourteen, this is after Abram had separated himself from Lot. The Lord had actually spoken to Abram years earlier and told him to leave the, uh, his father's house and the place where he was and his family and go to a place that he would show him and he would bless him there so on and so forth and through him all the nations of the earth uh, would be blessed and Abraham partially obeyed God but he didn't totally obey God he brought his uh, father with him Terah And uh, in the end of Genesis chapter 11, he got halfway to the promised land and Terah died, and then he went on into the promised land in Genesis chapter 12, and God renewed this covenant. Actually, in Genesis 12, when he was speaking to him, ...and telling him to leave this land. It was actually the second time he would spoken to him. If you read in Acts chapter 7, you can find that God had actually spoken to him in Ur of the Chaldees. So he would spoken this to him actually years before. And then Genesis chapter 12, after his father died and he went on into the promised land, God renewed this covenant with him. And then in Genesis chapter 13... Abram's flocks began to multiply and Lot, his uh, nephew's flocks flocks began to multiply and herds. And so there was strife uh, between the herdmen. And so Abraham knew that strife is expensive. And one thing you don't want to do is get in strife. So he told Lot, if you'll go uh, west, then I'll go east. If you go east, I'll go west. Pick whatever you want. So uh, Lot chose to go to the east, to Sodom. And Abram went to the west, towards Jerusalem. And eventually, uh, these, uh, different, uh, after he separated from Lot, then the Lord spoke to Abram again and renewed this covenant. And uh, essentially, this is when Abram completely obeyed God. And he said to Abraham in Genesis 13, verse 14, after Lot separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. For all of the land which you see, to you will I give it into your seed forever. And I will make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall your seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar to the Lord. Now when you look at this scripture, there are a number of things that I want to bring out. But the first thing is this. God said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Did you know you cannot go forward looking back? There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 talking about Abraham and Sarah. And it said if they would have uh, thought about the land that they came from, they would have had an opportunity to go back. You can't go forward looking back. And the Bible actually says that no man looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so you need to set your eyes on the things that God has for you. And so he said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Vision is a key to your future. Vision will help you get from where you are to where God wants you to go. And did you know what? I believe that God has a destiny for each and every one of us. But I believe that a lot of people live and die and never even begin to enter the plan that God has for their life. And you know, the way that you enter it, first of all, is you're born again. But after you're born again, God's got this marvelous life planned out for you. And did you know what? I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. I spent some time with my grandfather when he was up in his 80s. And you know what? My grandfather would talk about how back in the 1930s, he could have bought all of this land around him, thousands of acres for a dollar an acre. And he spoke with regret that he hadn't done it. And the challenge was most people didn't have the money. But my grandfather had the money to buy all this land around him to pay for it, cash. He had the money in the bank. But my grandfather had been taught by his parents never to expand, to just think about you know, where you were and take real good what you had and you'd always be okay. And because of what he had been taught, that's the way that he operated. And you know, in his later life, he regretted that. And I thought, as a young man, when I get up in my years, if Jesus tarries, I don't want to regret. I don't want to sit back and say, I wish I would have, I think I could have, maybe, what if I would have done this? I thought, did you know what? I, you know, I might be saying, well, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and there's a few times I've said that. But you know what? Uh, the That changed the way that I thought. And did you know what? I began to think in a different uh, direction, in a different realm. And God was speaking to Abraham and He said, I want you to lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. And I want you to look north. I want you to look south. I want you to look east. I want you to look west. He said, Abraham, look around. I have more for you. How many of you know that God has more for you? Praise God. And if you don't begin to look around, if you don't begin to uh, open your eyes to what God has for you, you'll never get it. I believe the place that there is the most unused potential and the most dreams that have not been fulfilled is in the graveyard. And did you know what? I don't want to live and die and never begin to enter into what I have for Him. There's a well-known minister years ago that was very credible that said there are a lot of ministers that live and die and never uh, really enter into the ministry that God has for them. And did you know I don't want to be like that? I want to fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for my life. And did you know what? I I believe there's a number of ways that we can receive that. And so we have to be open to change and open to see what God has for us. And as we uh, look at this, you know, in Genesis chapter 12, if we would go back in verse 1, God spoke to Abram and He said, You're going to have to get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And if Abram would not have been willing to leave his father's house and his father's family, did you know what? He wouldn't have fulfilled the plan and the purpose. God would have had to find somebody else. For instance, we're here and we pastor the church next door. I actually believe that I am the third person that God called to start this church. I believe that God uh, called two people prior to me to start this church, but they didn't do it and they didn't obey God. And because of that, did you know what? I'm his third choice, but now I'm his first choice. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm super excited about doing what God's called us to do. And uh, so on and so forth. But he said, you have, to, you have to look from the place where you are. I remember, you know, I was in Kit Carson and we pastored there and God blessed us there. We did very well. We had our church all paid off. We gave about half of our income to missions. We gave $50,000 a year away to missions. I had a salaried position. I had my church uh, paid off. I had my house paid off. I had a little feed lot next door to my house paid off. And I was thinking, you know, all I really need to do now is, you know, is, is make some money, and put my kids through college and, and save for retirement. And Andrew Womack came to town. And we were doing this uh, thing where we raised money for the Bible school and give into their missions. And he said, some of you are thinking you got your house paid off, your car paid off, your business paid off. And he said, you're just thinking selfish. Praise God. And you know what? He was speaking directly to me. And did you know I sold my house and my feedlot just to put a down payment on a house here in Colorado Springs. And I had to take it. I put 50% down and then I had to go to six banks before one would, one would finance me. It was wild. I'd never been treated so bad in my life. The first banker that I went to, she looked across the desk and she said, you couldn't afford to buy a lot in this school district. I, I stood up barbara said i turned beet red and i just looked across that desk and said if i couldn't do it i wouldn't be here <laughs> and i walked out of her office and you know i had to go to five more bankers before i found a bank that would look into the situation a little bit better and you know church plants 90 percent of church plants in colorado springs fail and You know what? Bankers know some of those statistics, so they weren't nearly as excited about it as I was and God was. But you know what? I just said, if God's called me to be here, and you know, we actually had a word from the Lord. After God had spoken to me about coming here and starting a church, uh, we actually went to Andrew's uh, pastor's conference when it used to be in Buena Vista. God had spoke to me in January, and this was in February, and Cecil and Lisa Paxton, and they share here in the Bible school. But they were there, and they didn't know anything that God had spoken to me. And God gave them a word. And they came to us and they, uh, they said, we have a word. Can we share this word with you? And I said, sure. And they said, what God has put in your heart for you and your children, you're to pursue it. And you know, we kept looking for five months, but we got a, uh, bought a house. It was probably one of the best financial decisions that I've made in my life. And I've made a lot of good ones. And uh, you know what? God totally blessed us with it. And our children went to the school where, you know, God spoke to us. And our children are, are all serving God and they're all doing very well. And we just thank God for that. But do you know what? It's expensive not to obey God. Some people think it's, it's expensive to obey God. No, it's expensive not to obey God. Praise God. And did you know what? You cannot afford I mean, I, to live without vision. Praise God. I want to live with vision. I want to fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for me in my life. I want to do what God has called me to do. In Genesis 22, God spoke to Abram and he said, it was Abraham at that point in time, he said, I want you to take your son. I want you to offer him on a mountain that I will show you. And you know, he went and it says he went to the place that God told him was Mount Moriah. It's actually right over next to Mount Calvary. And he laid Isaac there on the altar and bound him and got ready to kill him. And when he did that, the angel of the Lord grabbed his hand and said, I have prepared a sacrifice for you. And Abram looked. And he saw this ram caught in a thicket by his horns. I believe he looked at Mount Calvary. It's just about a quarter mile away. Right. Yep. And, I, and uh, the scripture actually says this in John uh, chapter 8, verse 56 that Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And did you know what? He went over there and took this ram and brought him and offered him in the place of his son. And he called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. The Lord is my provider. That's the first of seven redemptive names of God in the Old Covenant. And did you know it's not just talking about financial or physical provision. It's talking about complete provision that God in Christ at one time on the cross provided everything that we need. He provided forgiveness for our sins. He provided healing for our bodies. He provided peace for our mind. He provided prosperity for our poverty. Praise God. God met every need for mankind at one time in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so he looked. That was that was part of that vision and looking. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that Abraham received uh, Isaac raised from the dead in a figure, in a picture. Andrew was just talking about the Word of God. And I've actually had like three different things I've been thinking about sharing it. But um, this was one of them. This fits a lot. And Andrew shared some of the other things that I was thinking about sharing this morning already. But did you know what? He received him in a picture. And so where does vision come from? Did you know what? We need to get vision for our life. And first of all, I believe that vision for your life comes from the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit gives us revelation about the purpose and the plan that God has for our life. And so he said, He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are for all the land that you see, I will give it to you. It's really hard for you to possess something that you don't see. And the fact is that all of us on the inside have a picture that we're moving towards. And did you know what? I believe it's the Word of God that changes the picture on the inside of you, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit with the Word that changes this picture on the inside of us. And we have something that we're destined for. And if you'll allow God by His Holy Spirit, He'll take the Word and make the Word life to you. And it will change the picture that you have, the image that you have on the inside of you. Praise God. And so I believe it's the Holy Spirit that gives us revelation about the vision. It helps us to see things clearly and to see things in the way that God would have us to see them. If you'll turn with me to John chapter 16, Jesus was talking here in John chapter 16 about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He spoke first of all of the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world that He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and of judgment because of the prince of this world is judged. But then he went on and talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the church. And he says in verse 12, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Jesus had a lot of things to tell his disciples, but they couldn't understand them until they had been born again. And he says this, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come... He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but whatever he will hear, that will he speak, and he will show you things to come. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit knows the future like we know the past, better than we know the past. And did you know what? The Holy Spirit takes the things that are the fathers and the sons about God's plan for you, and he reveals them to you. He said he will show you things to come. Do you know I'm not terrified about all the things that are happening in the world, about gas prices going up, and about all these things? Do you know what? Because my mind, I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on the Word. And did you know what? I see that there's there's tremendous opportunity available to people that are, that'll believe God. There's, you know what? There's phenomenal opportunity. And I, I just, it's hard for me not to see all this opportunity and I have to stay focused on what God has for me to do. But He said, He will show you things to come. And He says, He will glorify Me, for He will receive of Mine and show it unto you. I believe that the Holy Spirit goes to the presence of the Father in Jesus. And then He comes and He shows us the things that are the Father's. He reveals the Father's plan and the Father's purpose for our life. Do you know, I believe that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that the ministry on the inside of you is full grown. I believe it takes a lifetime to walk uh, that out, but you have to listen to the Holy Spirit and different things so that you can walk that out. Do you know what? When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, when I was 14 years old, this was uh, 33 years ago nearly that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And do you know what? There were things that God put on the inside of me when I was 14 years old that I've just entered into in the last few years of my life. And there are things that are beyond where I'm at now that I knew intuitively by the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And did you know I believe that the ministry, I believe that the plan, the purpose for your life is full grown on the inside of you the moment that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it takes a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit so that you can walk out that purpose and that plan that God has for your life. About five years ago, Andrew had uh, prophesied over Barbara and I and he's, he said, you are in the second stage of a five-stage plan that God has for your life. And I began to pray about it, and I began to think about it that week. And did you know what? Uh, I believe the first stage was the church in Kit Carson, and we were there for 13 years. And I believe the second stage is building this church here. And did you know what? We're just finishing up this second stage, and we're getting ready to go into the third stage. I'm so excited. I was, I'm just like Andrew was talking about. I have nights that I can't hardly sleep. I'm so excited about the future. I'm so excited about what's happening in our church and where we're going. But, you know, I believe that there are three major ministries that are going to come out of our church. And every one of them are going to far uh, supersede what we've ever done in the past. And so we're just on the verge of this. And I've been looking forward. I started preparing things at that point in time. I prayed about it. And I believe I know what they are. So we're making preparations for the next stages before we get there. So it's not going to be this big challenge when we get there. It'll just be a natural step that we'll just walk into. Actually, God was just revealing this to me that it's not going to be hard. It's just going to be like walking through a door and just walking into this new dimension that God has for us. And do you know what? God's making provision for us. We were here in this building meeting and in September... Uh, if if the finances uh, had continued to come in like they were uh, prior to September last year, it would have taken us three years to pay off this new building that we've just moved into. And um, we were here meeting, and in September the Lord spoke to me and He told me it's not going to take you three years; it's going to take you one year, and you're going to pay this off in one year. And did you know what? I shared that with my sound man, and he said God spoke to me and told me that same thing that you'd pay this off in one year. And so I began to share that word with the congregation. And did you know what? Since that, in October, November, December, the last quarter of last year, our finances went up in our church by 72% over the quarter of the year before. And we're on track to pay this church off in a year. And I believe it's God that's brought this increase to us so that we can step forward into the next phase and area of ministry that He wants us to go into. It's it's miraculous. I mean, we are tremendously blessed, but it's a miracle every month that we can do this. I just to it. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Wow. Amen. I mean, it's just awesome. And just watching God do this. Praise God. And so it's supernatural what god's doing and we're living this life that god's it's wonderful living the life and the plan fulfilling the plan that god has for you and so it's the holy spirit that brings revelation to you about your life when i was baptized in the holy spirit i had like different things that were placed on the inside of me and i'm i've been walking those things out for 30 some years and i haven't even you know what i had a dream when i was 16 years old that i was a pastor in a church that looked just like this And when we were four, uh, when I was like, how old? I was about 40 years old. We moved into this building. Andrew bought the building and asked us to move into it. And I was over here pastoring for about three months. And I looked out and I said, This is the dream that I had when I was 16 years old. Do you know, I'm literally living out my dreams. Praise God. And there's a lot more to it. Do you know, I'm dreaming beyond the place that we are today, I'm thinking beyond where we are today. Praise God. And you know what? You have to see it before you can go there. And you see with the eye of your spirit or, or from the inside? You get a picture on the inside. And it's, first of all, the Holy Spirit. I believe, secondly, it's the Word of God. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, "...where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he." The literal Hebrew says something like this, "...where, where there is no prophetic enlightenment or revelation, understanding... The people are casting off all restraint. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. But he says, he that keepeth the law. When I look at the word law, a lot of times I just translate that the word and I take it to the word. And I believe that vision for your life comes from the word of God. This is what happened to me when I first went to Andrew's meeting when my mother baited me with fish bait. I was 14 years old. I'd been born again since I was 8, so I'd been saved for 6 years. We were saved and stuck. But I went to this meeting, and before Andrew ever opened his Bible, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. And did you know what? The Word of God came alive to me. And I begin to see from the Word. I don't have to be poor and sick and defeated by the devil. God has a good plan for my life. You can believe God. You don't have to just exist. And you don't have to just live however it will be, it will be. You know what? You can believe God. And you know what? Vision came to my life from the Word of God. It's the Word of God that brings vision. The entrance of the Word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Do you know what? My kids are brilliant. My kids, my middle son just uh, did his master's thesis uh, Monday and passed at Colorado School of Mines. And do you know what? He's had straight A's through Colorado School of Mines. He went through their program, which takes the average person in chemical engineering five years. He went through it in three. And he just did his master's in another year. And You know what? He's an absolute genius and God's given these things and they would go to high school and they would tell their instructors in high school, you're trying to prove this theory, but here's a law in science and here's a law in math and it proves the theory that you're trying to say wrong. And they would show them why laws in science and laws in math prove that the word of God is the truth. Now, do you know what? I don't think on that dimension. (laughs) My children think beyond where I think in the natural. But do you know what? I take a simple attitude towards the Word. And do you know if the Word says it, I just believe it. I just take a simple attitude. The entrance of the Word gives light. It brings revelation, understanding. Praise God. The entrance of the Word gives vision and gives understanding to the simple. And do you know what? I get vision for my life from the Word of God. God will speak a Word to me. And do you know I'll take a Word that God says and I'll I'll operate on a Word for years. On just some word that God gives me from the scripture. I'll just take it and say praise God. That's the word of the Lord. And you know it helps me in ministry. It's helped me in business. It's helped me raise, raise my family in all kinds of different areas. The entrance of the word gives light. This is what the Holy Spirit actually was given for. The Holy Spirit was give, given to bring revelation to the Word of God. In John chapter 14 verse 26, Jesus said this, The Comforter who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've sent to you. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit working with the Word that causes the Word to become alive to you. And it changed you know what it's not just a it's just not the the written word, it's the Rhema word, when the Holy Spirit takes the word and speaks that word to you. In John chapter six, uh, verse sixty three, Jesus said this He said, um, I'll read it. It is the Spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing, and the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. There's times when I haven't known what to do, so on and so forth. And did you know what? God will just give me a word from His Word. And I've taken some of those words and just operated on on it for years. I had God wake me up one time, 2.30 in the morning and said, Go read your daily Bible reading. This is when we were pastoring in Kit Carson, Colorado. And I was praying about what to do in the cattle business because we were in a drought it was February, and it was blowing dirt. And he, in the book of Isaiah, he gave me this scripture that my cattle would feed in large pastures. And, you know, I just took that from that word that God was speaking to me to buy lots of cattle. So did you know I bought all the cattle I could buy? Oh, and borrowed all the money I could borrow. And did you know what? It kept blowing dirt, and the price kept going down, and I lost all the money that I made. Within three months, they went down to where I, I had borrowed $100,000 and I had $100,000 of cattle. And I'd lost about thirty or $40,000 of equity. But God had given me that word. And you know, the end of May, it started raining. My banker that I was dealing with uh, wanted to cut me off. And I went and got a new banker. I went into this Baptist banker. This is quite a story that was in our town and I sat down before him because my other banker was giving me a hard time my Methodist banker was giving me a hard time and so I told this Baptist banker I said listen I said this is what the deal is I said it's dry and the dirt's blowing and I've lost all my equity I got $100,000 of cattle and I got a $100,000 note but I believe it's going to rain I believe that corn's going to go down and cattle are going to go up and I'm going to make more money than I've ever made in my life you know this Baptist banker sat across the desk said I think so too I'll loan you the money they don't do that he loaned me all the money. Amen. Do you know what? It started raining like May 27th and it rained all summer and corn went down and cattle went up and my 40,000 turned into 80,000. Time I got down. And you know the Holy Spirit speaks to you about spiritual things, natural things, all kinds of different things. That banker ended up coming to my church. Ended up, Andrew came and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And then when we would come up to Andrew's pastor's conference, him and his wife would watch our kids. That's a good deal. We still have a good relationship with him. So he's a baptized in the Holy Ghost Baptist banker now. Praise God. Amen. You know, people can see God in your life. I went back to that Methodist banker later when I started Karis Ministries. And I sat down with him because in Kit Carson people know more about you than your own Then you know about yourself. And so I started Karis Ministries before I left Kit Carson. So I went back to the Methodist Banker. And I talked to this Methodist Banker and I said, I'd like to start an account here. I started a new ministry. I said, I don't know what God will do with it. He said, you went to that town that looks like it should blow away. And you got started this church and he paid it off and you give money to all the world. And he said, "You, you know, you couldn't get a house. You moved a house from Denver and your house was blessed. And you got the cattle business and God blessed your cattle. He said, God will bless this too. And Karis Ministries is what now is Karis Christian Center. And did you know what? He's blessed it. Praise God. This project over here cost about 2.35 million and it's just about paid off. And we did it for about half price, so it's good. Amen? God's helping us. God's with us. Amen? You know, people on the outside can see what God's doing and they, they bear witness. You know, this is real. Amen? God's real. It's And it's it's in real life. These things work in real life. Praise God. And we are living examples of the gospel. Do you know what God wants to bless us so much as his children that he uses us as an advertisement and says, This is how I treat my kids. Praise God. Another way I believe that that vision comes vision comes when you associate with people of vision. Do you know what I treasure the opportunity to be, you know, connected with Andrew and Jamie Womack in this school? And I treasure the opportunity to be not only connected with them, but there's a lot of awesome students that come here. And did you know what I hear? I, I had a student come Sunday morning and gave me a word before before church, and I'm just like, man, that is God. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. And did you know what? I get touched being around people? The Bible says this in uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20: He that walks with wise men shall be wise. This is one of the greatest opportunities about coming to Bible school is you get to be around these instructors. You know, I went to Dr. Lester Sumrall's school, and I learned so much from it. It wasn't very big. They only had about 50 total students in all their schools, night and day school. And Dr. Sumrall hardly ever spoke to the school personally. He was there speaking on weekends at the church. But uh, otherwise, you almost never heard Dr. Sumrall speak, and you got videos of him and different things. But here at this school, Andrew's put his life in this, and you just... It's a tremendous opportunity to come and just receive the Word of God and, and have live teaching from all these different individuals. Happy Caldwell pastors. this awesome church. I like to just come over here and listen to some of these guys speak. I'm so busy it's hard for me sometimes to get involved. But, uh, you know, and Pastor Bob Yandy. And it's just awesome to be able to sit under these type of ministries and to receive the Word of God firsthand. Praise God. And you know what? When you associate with people of vision, it will bring vision in your life. When you associate with people of faith. But you know, after Andrew left Lamar, I went to this uh, Word of Faith, uh, Full Gospel, Pentecostal church. And did you know what? It was good. Uh, and I heard a lot. I learned a lot of good doctrine there. So on and so forth. But it was... a smaller church. In other words, the most people they ever had was 120 or 75. And God called me to go and be part of Dr. Lester Sumrall's Bible School. Andrew didn't have his then in 1987, 1988. And did you know what? When I got around Dr. Sumrall, it helped me so much because, you know, here I was now in a church of 2,500 to 3,000 people. And they had 12 television stations and three shortwave radio stations. And while I was there, he started a worldwide feeding program. And Do you know what? Dr. Sumrall was a man of vision. And did you know what? It just made the picture on the inside of me bigger. And even when I went to Kit Carson and pastored this church, did you know what? We thought different than the average pastor in a small town. People would come from the neighboring communities and they would say, This is a mega church. And in their mind it was a mega church for Kit Carson. But you know what? We thought different. And you know that even helped me being around I had some farmers in my church and they farmed just thousands and thousands of acres. It takes five thousand acres to make a living at poverty level for a family of four in Cheyenne County. And so they they'd think about farming twenty thousand or thirty thousand or fifty thousand acres. I mean and just being around people that thought in a bigger dimension. I remember going to the sale barn with, when I first was there with one of my guys that was in the church. And I said, I think I'll buy 10 or 15 cows. I'd been raised by my grandfather that thought little. And I'd had up to 30 cows before. And Do you know what he said? You ought to buy a semi-load. Then if you make money, you'll make it. If you lose it, you'll lose it. But you'll make a difference. And you know, I, immediately I began to think in another dimension. And in natural things, God has used natural things to expand my vision. Now I'm not nearly as focused on those. I'm more focused on spiritual things. But God has used those to help expand my vision. And being around people of vision will help your vision. Praise God. It will help you think in a different dimension. Praise God. Ashley Terades wanted to go to England with me here a few years ago. And I told him, if you'll buy the ticket, you can go with me. So, man, he bought a ticket and went with me. And did you know what? On this plane ride, I began to share some things with him about the anointing of God and the gifts of God in your life. And he said those things have totally changed his life and made him come to it. He said, I was condemned about these things all my life, being in church, so on and so forth. And he said, when you shared this, I began to realize this was a gift of God. This is an anointing of God. And he said, it's totally changed my life. He said, I wish I could have come to your church years sooner. There's just simple things about being around people that think in a different way. Doctor Sumrall thought differently than a lot of other people, and you, when you get around people that think in another dimension, that think in realms beyond, praise God! It helps. I love being around Andrew, and he's on the cutting edge. They're always, you know, out there <laughs> extending themselves, Praise God! And it brings vision to my life. Being around people that are that are people of vision that are expanding. You know, in reaching the world with the gospel, praise God, what a great opportunity that we have. I love being part of this Bible school. I love being part of this Bible school in and It's just a great opportunity. I wish this Bible school would have been here when I went to Bible school. I would have come to it. But it wasn't here. So I had to go somewhere else until God spoke to Andrew. Amen. <laughs> but we just love being a part of it. But I believe vision comes from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God from associating with people of vision. And last of all, I believe vision really comes from the renewed mind. And I believe all of those things work. I believe the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and associating with other people of vision helps you renew your mind. And let me tell you a little bit about what I think a renewed mind is. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says, put off the old man, the former uh, conversation, lifestyle, or behavior. And put on the new man, it says this in verse uh, 24, that's verse 22. It says in verse 24, put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. But right in between there in verse 23 it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And when it says be renewed, for years I thought that mind renewal was just cramming your brain with scriptural facts. But mind renewal is more than just um, cramming your brain with scriptural facts. There are people that have a lot of knowledge of the Word of God, but yet they don't have a renewed mind. Because it's never really changed the way they think. It's never changed the picture on the inside. But I believe when you take the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God, there's power and life in the Word. The Word of God will actually change the way that you think. And it will change that picture on the inside of you to where you begin to see that this is how things really should be. And you begin to see yourself as healthy and you begin to see yourself as prosperous. And you begin to see yourself doing the things that God has you do. Amen? To to where you realize I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have everything I need to do, everything God's called me to do. I have no lack so on and so forth to where you just literally just see this is how things should be you just have a picture on the inside of you i think this is one thing that's really helped my children is did you know what i believe that they have a good picture they have a a healthy mentality and they just they just think do you know what we raised them in our house and if if they would say they wanted to do something if we could see that they had any Uh, gifting or talent or anything towards that in their life at all we never told them that they couldn't we always told them that you can do it praise god god's with you you know when you raise them that way then they'll challenge you when you know my children preach to me (laughs) and our oldest son you know what when he wanted to go to college He chose like six of the best flute schools in the United States of America, and he got this one from Carnegie Mellon University, I remember, and it said it's $43,000 a year, and I said, you are not going there. (laughs) And he said, Dad, what's wrong with you? Don't you have faith? I got over here and was preaching to the students and telling them about it and they one of them stood up and prophesied to me while I was preaching and they came up and started throwing money on the platform to help my son go. I think they gave him thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars. It's not forty three thousand. I mean forty three thousand a year. And you know, he had opportunity to go up here and go in the state of Colorado and get a full tuition scholarship and 2500 towards room and board. And it ended up at Carnegie Mellon when they started out, they were going to charge us the full 43000 and they said they didn't have any scholarships. We worked on them a little bit. <laughs> Praise God. We got it down to about 20000 and then we, I told him, you'll have to work and you can't have your car and you'll just have to believe God and we'll put so much towards it and you'll have to do the rest. But anyway, he graduated from there with honors and... Had less than $20,000 of debt on that. Praise God, $20,000, 25000 somewhere in there. But you know what? He's done very well. Then my middle son went to Colorado School of Mines, and they were telling him it'd cost $20,000 a year. Did you know what? He said, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to have it all paid for. In fact, he had a vision for his life. He Barbara found this paper, and in this paper it was written uh, on there, Do Not Read. Of course, guess what a parent's going to do? We opened up and it read it. And he said, basically, this is what I want. I want, to gradu- you know, I want to serve God. I want to graduate from high school. I want to go to college and have it all paid for. I want to get a job making so much money a year. And I want to marry Bree, his high school sweetheart. And I want to win the Nobel Peace Prize for developing new fuel sources. And so, you know what? The last three years while he's been in college, he's been working for the National Renewable Energy Resources Association. He had like eight different scholarships. His college would take money away. They said, you got too much. So, he'd say, oh, I'll go get another scholarship. He's so blessed. I mean, he is phenomenally blessed. But you know what? He has a picture on the inside of doing these things. And did you know what? Right now, he's looking at different job opportunities and Do you know what? He's looking at going to work for this. There's a great big company that wants to hire him with 55,000 employees, but there's a smaller company that's like 35 employees. He's looking at the smaller company. And I told Barb, we've never taught our children to trust in security. We've taught them to trust in God. And you know what? He's just trying to hear the Holy Spirit about what God wants him to do. But do you know what? They have visions and dreams about life. Praise God. And do you know those things come from the Word of God, but they come when you, when you train them. You don't tell them you can't do this. You say, you can do anything if God's, in it, if God's with you. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Without Him, we can do nothing. But with Jesus, we can do anything He's called us to do. Amen. Faithful is He who calls you who also will do it. Praise God, you've got to realize I can't do this in myself, but it takes God, and God will help me to accomplish these things. So I believe that vision comes when you get a renewed mind, and it changes the picture. The Word of God will change the picture on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you just begin to see, this is how it ought to be. Not this is what I'm just trying to get to. No, this is how things ought to be. And you just begin to live out out of that perspective. Does that make sense? Now, let's go back here and look at the end of this scripture in Genesis chapter 13. Uh, So, number one, uh, vision is a key to your future. He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look around, I have more for you. Number two, vision, uh, it affects your destiny. All the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your seed forever. Vision comes from the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, godly manners, and a renewed mind. The third thing is here that vision will affect those who follow you. He says in verse 16, I will make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then your seed also shall be numbered. Amen. Vision affects those who follow you. It affects your natural seed. It affects your spiritual seed. If you live with vision, it will affect those that are closest to you. And when He was telling Abraham, or Abram at this point, I'm going to make your seed like the dust, He also told him, I'm going to make your seed like the sand. He also told him another place, I'm going to make your seed like the stars. Innumerable. You can't count them. You know what it, What He was really... I believe what God was doing with Abram, and who later became Abraham, was He was changing the picture on the inside. Like dust. Did you know what? You just can't get away from dust. It's just everywhere. <laughs> Or sand, if you've ever been on the seashore, you know, you just get it. It just goes everywhere. said, I'm going to make your seed like that. I'm going to make your seed like the stars. Look to the heavens. See if you can count the stars. Did you know what? They thought they could a few hundred years ago, and then they got a bigger telescope. And they found out they were a few billion short. (laughs) And the bigger telescopes that they get, the more stars they find. The universe is an awesome thing and god created it but he said i will make your seed do you know what i believe that god wants to make your seed i believe that your vision will affect those who follow you i believe that the reason that god called us to colorado springs is not specifically for us personally but it's for those that we minister to i believe one of the major reasons that god called barbara and i to come to colorado springs is because of this bible school And the people that we minister to in this Bible school. And sharing the word with them. So they can take the word that they learn and go share it with other people. He said, I will make your seed like the dust. I'm going to make your seed. Praise God. Do you know what? If you think that you're a leader and nobody's following you, you're just out for a walk. (laughs) Judy said, I'm going to make your seed. Natural seed, spiritual seed. Praise God. I I believe that I'm one of Andrews. Spiritual seed. Praise God. It was in his meetings that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit that I was called to preach. Amen. The Holy Spirit's changed my life. Praise God. I started receiving from him nearly 33 years ago and I'm still receiving. Praise God. I still get excited. Amen. When I hear him teaching and preaching, that gets on the inside of me and the Word of God is exciting to me. He said, I will make your seed. Now, in conclusion, you'll think about this. You know, do you want to change people? Like when I was sitting in Kit Carson. Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to have an influence in this earth? I was sitting in Kit Carson. I was pastoring this church. Church paid for. House paid for. Car paid for. Part of my business paid for. And I was thinking, all I need to do is earn enough money to help my kids go to school and and retire. Right? Making a decent salary. And Andrew comes and pops my bubble. (laughs) said, you know what? If you're thinking you got your house paid for, your card paid for, your business paid for, you're just thinking selfish. Because all you're thinking about is you. And that word got on the inside of me. Pray God begin to deal with me. Just like that seed on a rock. <laughs> begin to break up the rocks so something substantial could grow from that. Amen? That word got on the inside of me. You get the word on the inside of you and the word will change things on the outside. There's power. There's life in the word. But you know what? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to have people that look and say one day, this is what Lawson told me or this is what Andrew told me. This is what, you know, do you have, this is what Dr. Sumrall said. See what I'm saying? Do you want to have influence? Well, if you want to have influence, I believe there's some things. Number one, I believe that you need to put yourself in place. Be willing to put yourself in a place where you can get revelation from the Holy Spirit. Where you can hear the Word of God clearly. Not mixed up and messed up and, you know, trying to sort it out. But there's a clear message of the Word of God. Right? You need to put yourself in a place where you can hear from godly leaders who have accomplished things in their life. Praise God. So you need to be willing to put yourself in that place. And then, you need to be willing to change. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. And did you know what? If you're not willing to change, I believe that change is the atmosphere where God can work. Amen. When we're willing to change into you know I believe that we're being changed into his image. Amen, from glory to glory by the spirit of God. Amen, we're being changed by the word of God. Amen, into what God has us to be. And so, I believe that if I believe that every one of us should have a realm of influence. I believe that God's called everybody to succeed and to have successors. Amen. I believe that God's called every person to make a difference on this earth. But the way that we do it, did you know what? We have to allow the Word of God, put ourselves in a place where the Word can change us, where we can hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, where we have godly mentors that can sow into our life. And then we just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to to get in that place, amen, that God has us to go. I remember when Barbara and I first went to Bible school. It was just like, you know, we were driving this truck. We had all our possessions going out to Bible school and just believe in God. And it was like Abraham and Sarah. You know, we left this nice place on the ranch and we went and lived in this little shack. We lived on on Gilmer Street in Mr. Gilmer's house where Mr. Gilmer lived with an Indian squaw. But you know what? The the word that we begin to hear in that place... The vision that we received in that place totally changed our life. Amen? And it's that Word, that that Word that we receive that's sustaining our life. And the Word that we continue to receive is sustaining our life and helping us so that we can make a difference in the lives of others. We love you all. I hope you got something good.